there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where we make getting sleep help easy. There comes a time in your toddler's life where naps are no more, but that doesn't mean they just get to go and rule the house or rule the day. All 12 hours they are awake for. No, no, no. Everybody needs some downtime. And quiet time has been something that through the years we've just kind of brushed through. Yes, child has quiet time. Move along. Maybe we've paused for a moment to discuss what this could look like. And I definitely have talked about um, having quiet time baskets and a timer. But today on the podcast, I invited Sarah Leach, who is our lead sleep consultant here at Little Z's. And I wanted her to share with us what it is like to actually teach your child to have quiet time. Sarah is a pro at this. Her two sons, John and Kenny, are both on quiet time schedules now. And so I invited her to send over a message to share with us how she taught her boys to have quiet time and what their expectations are. So before we get into Sarah's audio message that she sent over, I want to remind you of one of our most favorite freebie downloads here at Little Z's. This is perfect for your child who is a toddler through a preschooler It is our bedtime routine checklist. This is a brand new free guide we have built for you. In fact, we asked a Little Z's grad family who is an illustrator, Libby Burns. She created the most precious bedtime routine checklist. This will help your child move seamlessly through taking a bath or a shower, brushing their teeth, getting their jammies on, reading a book, and getting into bed. My girls, who are six and seven years old, love using this chart, and it's free for you. Head on over to littlezsleep.com slash bedtime dash checklist or scroll to the notes in the bottom of this podcast player and you will find the link to go ahead and grab that and you can use it tonight. It's super fun. I hope your family enjoys it. Okay, now that we are ready to hear more about quiet time, this is an audio memo again that Sarah Leach sent in to us to share more about how she teaches her boys how to enjoy quiet time. Hi, everyone. This is Sarah. Uh, Becca and I thought it would be a great idea to hop on the podcast and talk about quiet time. I have two boys, three and five years old, so I officially have no nappers in my home. I did not think this day would ever come, and now I look back and it arrived so quickly. Um, And my first son actually dropped his nap super early at about two and a half years old. Um, We had gone through all the things and that's definitely another podcast for another time. Dropping the nap at two and a half is is special, but um, we enjoyed that early bedtime a lot to say the least. Um, But yeah, dropping the nap still means that your children need to have some kind of restful time during the day. And so do we as parents. We need there to be some time where they're starting to entertain themselves and do something that they're able to quiet their mind with, quiet their bodies down, do some imaginative play. But it's just restful, right? It's different than running around the house or having a structured activity where you're talking to your parents or to your siblings or a 
friend, maybe they have preschool in the mornings and they come home and they're super tired and they just need to decompress. And so quiet time was the perfect transitioning, um, you know, thing that we did with our son, John, um, at two and a half years old. Now, quiet time can look different for a lot of different kids. It's different based on age, right? Kids are dropping their naps between two and a half and three years old. So quiet time for a two and a half year old is going to look very different than quiet time for a three year old or a four year old or now I have a five year old. Um, Quiet time changes a lot as your child grows. Also, it's going to look different based on personality and your child's ability to understand a timer, understand your expectations when you leave them in a space with toys and you ask them to not come to you with their toy for a few minutes, right? That's going to look different based on how maybe patient your child is and how able they are to play independently. And this just comes at different times for all kids. Um... It's going to look different based on siblings, right? Sometimes when you have a child who's napping upstairs, you want to have your older child do some quiet time, but where do they go so they don't wake up the napper, right? Um, Or maybe where the toys are in your home. You have toys in a playroom. So do you do quiet time in the playroom or is it in their bedroom? Is it in the crib? What does it look like? So we're going to talk all things quiet time. And I'm just going to kind of share my experience and what we did with John. So dropping his nap really early, we actually kept quiet time right after lunch where his nap used to be. It was a really easy transition for us to be finished with lunch. We're pretty satisfied. We can go wash our hands and face off and head wherever he's going for quiet time. When we first started, I honestly just didn't think at two and a half that he was ready to play in his room. We didn't have any toys in his room. It was the sleeping space. Um, Although it is okay to go in your child's room and play with toys. We just hadn't done that yet. And so we had toys in a playroom downstairs. What we ended up doing was having quiet time in just like a totally different space of the house, not in the bedroom, not in the playroom. I laid out a quilt in our den Um, because it was a room in our house that was kind of sectioned off where he couldn't necessarily see me um, every second of the quiet time. And I laid out a quilt for him and got him a a super fun quiet time basket. And I thought this would be a really good way to introduce him to quiet time, to have some new things, some things that he could do independently that he always wants to do by himself. And, um, you know, I had been helping him with. So those were things like he had a, a notebook with some crayons not markers because I didn't want those all over my wall. (laughs) Some crayons just in case because I'm not looking at what he's doing during quiet time. Um, And stickers. That was a great one. He would put stickers all in his notebook and use the crayons. He had Play-Doh with some paper plates. Um, He had a Where's Waldo book and a couple of other books in his quiet time basket. And so he was super jazzed about the basket. Got to get that out on the quilt. And we had a timer. The time timer that Becca suggests everyone gets off of Amazon. It's so helpful at certain ages during bedtime routine and and quiet time, all of that, and helping your child understand how long 
We are expecting them to sit there and play with whatever it is we've given them to play with. They can't tell time, right? So they can see the red on the time timer go down. And what we would always tell John is when all the red is gone, you can come find mommy um, wherever I am in the house, right? And that was kind of like a game to him. Like, you can come find me wherever I am, but when all your red is gone. And so when we first started, he would sit on the quilt with his quiet time basket. And I think the first day we did like five minutes. And honestly, it was so short. He asked for more quiet time. So we ended up extending it because he was really excited to play with the new things that he had access to in his quiet time basket. So he kind of jumped straight to 10 minutes-ish. And then as we went on, we increased to about 15. And We honestly stayed at about 15 minutes of quiet time for a month or so. And after that month, I kind of decided, okay, I think we'll move on from the quilt in the den where I can kind of see him. He's learning that this is a time where he needs to sit quietly and play with an activity. So now we're going to move it up to his bedroom. And there is no reason that you have to start on a quilt um, somewhere where you can see your child. For us, that was more comfortable because he had never played in his his room by himself at two and a half years old. So we started there. And once we were a month in, I'm pretty confident that, you know, he was doing really well being engaged with what he was doing um, and wasn't calling out for us or anything. We moved up to his room. So we put a few toys in his room that we knew he really loves to play with. So I think for him, that was blocks and some animal figurines. And we got down some books from his bookshelf so he could reach them, some magnetiles. And we left those up and we said, oh, you get to have toys in your room now. It's really exciting. We leave these up here. And every day you can have quiet time in your room like a big boy. And we moved his timer up there. So he'd already gotten used to that, watching all the red go down on the time timer. And then we added a little punch. <laughs> we added a reward. We, uh, I think fruit snacks were his jam at the time. So he got to get a pack of fruit snacks whenever he stayed in his room until all the red was gone on his timer. He could come find me in the house and get a pack of fruit snacks. Um, another part of that reward was TV. So once all the red is gone on your timer, you can come down and have your snack and you get to watch a show. Um, That was great for me because it extended the quiet time a little bit longer. Um, But I knew that he was practicing. It was really not about me having 15 minutes of quiet, right? Although that is wonderful. But he was practicing how to play in his room, how to play independently, you know, this really important skill. And I am so thankful that we started doing it at two and a half. And, you know, whether that looks like five minutes for your child or two minutes or 15 minutes or 45 minutes, some kids can do that right off the bat. Um, You know, whatever that looks like, it's just practicing the skill and week by week, adding a little bit more time so that your child can, you know, be successful and also be practicing, learning this thing that you need them to learn. Um, And so, yeah, he loved being up in his room, but it wasn't all sunshine and roses. He definitely, um, we hit some bumps in the road. (laughs) He would build block towers and the block tower would fall. 
And, you know, he's like two and six, seven months at this point. Um, and he's going to cry and he's going to call out for me, right? And what do I do? So this is where we used our video monitor and the speaker function on our video monitor. Um, I knew that if I went into his room to fix the block tower and interact with him, that kind of ruined his quiet time a little bit. So we tried as much as we could to stay out of the room. And we'd come on the speaker and say, oh, I see that your block tower fell. It looked so cool. You know what? When quiet time is over, we'll go up and rebuild it together. Usually that was okay for him. There were definitely times where we had to go into his room and show him that this is something that mommy can help you with at the end of quiet time and just kind of calm him down. Um, so there were, you know, that's all part of the learning curve for him. That's exactly why we want him to do quiet time, you know, to focus on an activity independently. It's not always going to go perfectly, but it's okay. We can recover and we can also practice that skill of waiting. <laughs> Mommy's not going to come and help you right now. You can play with something else and I'll come help you when you're, all your red is gone. Um, and so that was a really important thing for us to just be consistent about and repeat over and over. Um, but yeah, we increased the time once he got up to his room um, and we were able to get up to like 45 minutes. By the time he turned three, he was doing a consistent 45 minutes every day. We had also introduced uh, Legos around three years old and that was his thing. And so Legos extended that. Sometimes he was up there for an hour, which was wonderful. So sometimes you hit on the right toy that will keep your child entertained Oh, and that is glorious. But another bump in the road that we had was potty training. So right around the time he started to get really comfortable in his room with quiet time, he potty trained and then inevitably would need to go to the bathroom every single time in the middle of his quiet time. So he would call out for us, mommy, daddy, I need to go to potty. You know, we'd have to run up there and kind of help him. So we ended up moving a potty into his room for a while. I think we did that for about a month while he was getting used to it um, and just put a little, you know, little toddler potty on a towel next to his door. And we taught him how to go on that potty during quiet time. And it was like, it was, it didn't matter if we got down from the lunch table and tried to potty. He peed every single day during his quiet time. So that was a really helpful thing. And again, as he got a little closer to three, just feel like three is this magical age where they can understand a lot more. Um, but we eventually trained him on how to leave his room during quiet time, go to the bathroom and come back in, check his clock to see if there's any more red. Um, and if there is, we're going to stay in the room. And if there's not, we can go downstairs. So he was fascinated with that independence. And I would say there was a little while where half his quiet time was a trip to the bathroom and back. Um, he would just mosey about, but you know what? He was doing it all on his own and that was great. So we were fine with it. Um, and then everything, he got over it. Everything kind of evened out and we went back to solid quiet time in our room where he would rather be playing with his toys than taking that trip to the bathroom. But yes, that was something that we weren't prepared for. And with potty training was the disruption of our beautiful, at that point, about 45 minutes of peace in the middle of the day. Um, I, at this point, had a second child. Our house is very small. It's like an 
old farmhouse with creaky wooden floors and you feel like you can hear everything. We also live on a main road, so we've got all the sounds. And crazy enough, you think that the noise from the play and, you know, falling magnetile towers is going to wake the baby in the next room over and it never did. So just a little um, plug, you know, don't be afraid to do quiet time with your older child in a room that's right next to where your baby is napping. If that gets you as a mom, your 45 minutes of, you know, overlapping quiet time where both of your children are upstairs, either napping or playing, go for it. It is just not going to wake your baby. Have that sound machine in your baby's room. You can even add a sound machine in the hallway outside baby's room. And, you know, we do want to, we did talk with John about how to play quietly. We told him his brother's napping in the next room. This is quiet playtime. So we're not jumping off the bed onto the floor and being loud on purpose. And there was a lot of practice where we would go into his room and kind of role play. This is what we can do during quiet time. This is how we leave the room to go to the bathroom and how we come back, you know, sneaky like a ninja. Um... And so you you really want to talk that through with your child over and over. You want to model it, role play it, um, because that really helps them understand what our expectation is. There were certainly times where John would get loud and we could come over that speaker on the monitor and say, John, your brother's napping. You need to play quietly. And he was pretty compliant with all of that because he understood what was going on in the room next door. So, yes, Legos were our Legos were our wonderful magical toy that got us to that beautiful hour of quiet time. Um so hopefully you can find something like that for your child. Um and you know, he's John is 5 now. He just turned 5 and he still does an hour of quiet time in his room every day. Um Every once in a while, I'll switch it up. And if, you know, he's just having a day where he looks like he doesn't want to go up there, it's going to be a fight. I want quiet time to be something that he looks forward to. Um, So when we have those days sometimes, I will have John downstairs and we'll do quiet book time where I'll just get books, usually books we've gotten from the library and have on our coffee table. And I we have a chair that he always sits in in the living room to do quiet book time. And we're always using that time timer, right? So he can see, you know, we're going to sit here and read until all the red is gone on our clock. Um, So we switch it up like that every once in a while. Sometimes I'll look at him and say, do you want to skip quiet time today? He gets really excited about that. And we just go straight to a TV show. (laughs) And, um, you know, those are usually days where I'm just not feeling it. So I feel like, you know, my kid might not be feeling it. So we definitely want most of the time to be in the room with our, you know, normal quiet time expectations. But I would say maybe once a week, we kind of just switch it up and either ditch quiet time and go for the movie instead. Or we do quiet reading with like some classical music on just to switch things up a little bit. So he kind of knows that there are three different ways we do it. Um, My three-year-old just started quiet time and he is not as patient as my older son. He is much more on the go. And I had no clue what to expect with him in terms of how long he would stay in his room and play with toys. Cars are his thing. So we like moved his racetrack up into his room, got out all the cars, made his toys really accessible. Another thing I would say we do sometimes is we'll go into his room during 
you know, at the very beginning of quiet time and set something up for him. So whether it's like a playhouse with some guys in it um, or the racetrack with some cars, and we kind of start to play just for a few minutes to get them going with some ideas. And then we'll say, okay, mommy's going to leave the room. I'm going to set your timer. I can't wait to see you. And you can earn your prize if you wait till all of your red is gone. So that we had to approach it just, um, you know, it takes a little more time, the setup. Um, for my younger son, but he's also seen his brother do quiet time before. So it was easy in that respect to being a second child. Um, So yeah, I'll just say, you know, to sum up, not every child is going to stay in their room for 15 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour. Some kids are going to need to stay somewhere where you can see them in your house um, and, you know, stay in that phase for a little bit longer until they learn the expectation of quiet time, until they be, they're they comfortable, um, you know, playing independently. Some kids have a little bit of, you know, fear of playing in their room by themselves or they think they do. And so, you know, it can look differently in your house. It can be in the playroom. It can be downstairs. You can put your AirPods in and walk around your house while your child is engaged in activities. Any of those things are a-okay. And it's, you know, you should never feel like you failed if your child isn't doing 45 minutes of quiet time. Um, try the books downstairs, books on your own for five minutes with classical music playing. Sometimes kids get really relaxed and they like it. And then you can lean into that and try 10 minutes the next day. But it can look differently. It's just a time to quiet your mind without electronics, no TV, no iPad, something that they're playing with or looking at where their body gets to be a little quieter, a little still. You know, one more thing that I'll address is we what we don't want it to look like. We never want quiet time when you're trying to drop your child's nap to be in the crib with the lights off and they're, you're basically creating, like setting the scene for sleep, right? We want to keep them awake and we want to shoot for that early bedtime um, when they're learning to drop the nap. So, Definitely don't create like a sleepy mood. (laughs) And there were times where I would look on my monitor camera and see that John was laying down in his bed or laying on the floor. And I'd have to go up there and kind of wake him up as soon as I noticed that because we went to bed at 6 p.m. at this time without a nap. And so that's very normal too, but we don't want to create like a sleepy atmosphere. So whatever quiet time looks like for your child, I hope you enjoy your five to 45 minutes of peace and quiet and that you, you know, can be encouraged feeling like every day, even if you're just adding one minute of quiet time, your child is practicing a really, really important skill. Um, So enjoy your time, mamas. It was great sharing this with you. Thank you, Sarah, for sending over those tips and strategies for us. I hope that as you, the listener, implement these things, that it goes really well in your family. But remember, it's not going to be perfect the first time. So practice and continue to implement these strategies. And little by little, your child will understand. If you missed the free download that goes along with this episode, that is our bedtime routine checklist. Head to the show notes to grab that for free and use it tonight. We are looking forward to hearing your wins with that. So sweet dreams. See you next time.